Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. I'm so excited to be with you all here today for the first time ever on this show. We are going to have a national champion coach. So I am super excited to introduce you today to an amazing coach who's coming off of a 2023 National Women's Lacrosse Championship. And this is going to be the conversation that you've been looking for because we're going to dive into the story that took that team to the final and we're going to dive in a lot deeper into the things that were going on behind the scenes because we have the head coach here head coach Trisha Mulfetta Trisha how are you I'm good thanks for having me my pleasure we have met in person and I have even had the opportunity to work with your team and they're an amazing group of girls and I only met them for 60 minutes and (laughs) so I was impressed and I was inspired and I'm Looking forward to talking more about them and your journey into this, you know, position where you are, which I would say is a pretty successful thing. I mean, a national championship. Wow, that's incredible. Let's celebrate. We're going to do a little bit of that on this show as well. So, Yeah, thank you. No, I'm excited. Let's do it. So let's dive in. You know, let's just jump right into your story. Obviously, you're an educator, a coach diving right into how you got in there is usually what is really a lot of people probably want to hear in the first three to four minutes of this show anyways, because they're always wondering who is that person. So <laughs> let's tell them. I am from a family of educators. My parents are educators. Um, my grandparents were, so it kind of was ingrained in me. Um, I've grown up playing lacrosse from a young age. You know, my dad played and I was just around the sport from a young age and um, took a love to it really early on and had a, a career. I played lacrosse at Stony Brook. And then um, kind of right after I graduated, I knew I wanted to stay involved in the sport. And I taught abroad at a boarding school in England for a couple years and coached and got an opportunity to coach uh, in Africa and, and just like really unique experiences that kind of led me back to um, pursuing something more full-time in a coaching realm um, back in the States and back in like a, um, you know, a division three, division two school is kind of where I wanted to land. And um, I landed at Manhattanville first. I was a grad assistant there and then I became the head coach there. And then um, shortly after in fall of 2017, I became the head coach um, at Pace. And the program was really new at the time, you know, um, in 2017, it was only the first group of seniors to come through the program. So I was the second head coach hired and um, 
yeah, it was just a really exciting opportunity. I was really grateful to kind of um, make my mark on the program at the time. You know, and talking about that mark, because before we even get into this crazy historical run, I think we need to start a little bit at the beginning. So I gotta, I gotta know what was the shape of the the organization. What did you inherit? Um, we inher- we inherited a players who really had a lot of talent. Um, just maybe culturally, were were not all in the same mindset. Um, so that was like really at the forefront of what was important to me at the time is just getting our culture right and really focusing on what's important to me and what my values are. And, um, and it took us a long time. Like, you know, um, it, it did not happen overnight. 2018 was a learning curve. We had a great year, but it was definitely a learning curve in terms of personalities and, and just trying to get people to understand the bigger picture. Um, and yeah, some, sometimes that comes with a lot of adversity. And then the following... Let's not, let's not forget a little COVID, Coach. Yeah, There was a little COVID in between there, which I imagine was a, a little bit of a hurdle. <laughs> yeah, the COVID, we also went through a lot of program adversity. Um, one of my players went for a routine ACL surgery and ended up um, coding on the table. And, you know, Oof. she was in the hospital in the ICU for about six weeks and had to have a below the knee amputation. So it was a lot of oh. trauma really early on in my career and at pace and just um, navigating that and kind of your perspective shifts a little bit when, when that sort of thing happens. So, right. And then that was 2019 and then COVID happened. So this program, the, you know, these kids that were on this 2023 team, they've been through a lot with us and with my staff and um, they're really special and the adversity that they've gone through, like it, it just, it, it, they've overcome a, a really a lot. Oh my God, that yeah. is an incredibly difficult start. And, you know, obviously knowing about the championship myself and meeting those girls, I, I didn't even know yeah. that piece, right? Like a lot of people say, oh, that time during COVID, oh, that was so bad, that was so bad. But you, you already had it going pretty rough. It was a pretty rough start. That could probably burn out a lot of people, push them pretty close to the edge, especially in college when people are moving around so often. That could have pushed someone away from that school. God, what kept you there? I got to ask. Um, I, I made a commitment to myself and to the team, and I expected the same in return. And yeah, I, I wasn't going to give up on them and what our goals were at the time. And it's one of those things I had been saying to them for years, like even when we were going through that trauma and everything that had happened, like the guys, the years that we, the year we make NCAA is like the year that we make it and the year that we get the bid, we could go all the way. And I just kept kind of ingraining it into their, their brains. And we fell short, you know, year after year, after year, after year, it felt so unattainable um, for many years. And then, You end up, I mean, you end up with this team and obviously that one particular team ended up going to the national championship. But, you know, I always feel like when you reflect on a season as a coach of a major milestone or historical moments, you can kind of look back now afterwards and and look at it and say, ah, that was the moment I knew. So were there any of those moments for you 
along the way because I know that's something that is is a really reflective opportunity. And I know we're only seven minutes into this podcast and we are like a hundred feet below sea level right now. So <laughs> we're just diving in. So I appreciate you, you you getting there. I appreciate you answering these questions. But I I'm honestly, I told you I was before I got on, I said I can't wait to dive in to this team and, and into the reflection of this experience because it's such an opportunity to have. So I do want to appreciate you for that before we get going any further, but I no. do want to say thank you. Yeah. And that, that's what I ask my players to do all the time. So I'm, I'm used to diving headfirst into things. Um, but yeah, you know, we had really strong leaders and, and leaders who I had a leader who was a captain um, who was in her sixth year. I we had two fifth-year players, a bunch of really strong seniors. So it, it was kind of like a finality mentality. And, and, you know, if we don't do this now, we may never. Um, and, yeah, you know, we played East Strasburg on the road. It was one of our early games, I think our second or third game. And they were the number one ranked team. And we beat them handily on the road. And it was like, all right, this is this is the making of something really, really special. And then that following week, you know, we played a game in Florida over spring break. We lost it. You know, it, it felt devastating at the time. And then we turn around and play Tampa, who has a really great program, and we beat them 19-8. And, and that really felt like, you know, Tampa has a lot of really strong, solid Division One transfers and they're just big, strong, muscular players. And for us to kind of put on that kind of showing, um, I think it woke us up too in, in terms of what we were capable of. And we just kept telling them, like, keep your foot on the gas. Keep your foot on the gas. And that became kind of a motto for you? Is that Was that kind of a vision? Was that was a, a credo that your team kind of dug into? Yeah, and I think... One of the things that had kind of creeped in over the last few years prior to 2023 is just, you know, we had let doubt creep in and we would get up on in leads and not finish a game and not play 60 minutes. So it was uh, keep your foot on the gas for an entire 60 minutes. Our game is 60 minutes long. And um, whether we got up big or it was a battle and it was back and forth, like the gas, our foot was on the gas the whole time. And it kind of became something that the team – really embodied because every after every game the player from the previous game would get a gas tank and it was the player who they thought made gas tank kind of plays um you know whether it was like going all out or over ground balls or whatever it was energy on the sideline you know like we just had those gas gas tanks and then the players would write their name on them after every single game and we traveled with it everywhere I mean everywhere yeah I love that I love that. I love the culture tip there. That is so, <laughs> so, so crucial, you know, and I'm sure there were many other things along the way that developed with that team. Since you mentioned one, were there any other things that, that you think made this team special little things that they created that were unique to them or celebrations you would create as a team? Yeah, I think that they created this mantra of why not us. And I think you were with us when we spoke about it. Um, when you came to speak to our team in November. And it was one of those things where 
we're the only people in the room that need to believe in ourselves. We're the only people that matter. We don't care about anybody else's opinions. We don't care about the distractions, like the people in the room, in our team meeting room, in our locker room. Um, those are the opinions that matter. And we wanted every single person to really make sure that they were accepting of whatever their role is, whatever they were bringing to the team, that it had value. And we made sure that they knew that and owned it, you know, whether their role was the, being the leader of the scout team or the energy kid on the sideline or the goal scorer, whatever it was, everybody had a place and felt important. And um, we were just really connected. And I think that there was a looseness, you know, we were always having fun, always kind of messing around with them during practice. And um, yeah, yeah, like it was very, very, very much player driven. I love that. I love that. I think it's important. And I think one thing that I've found in my experience and my research and working with teams is that teams that adopt that every single player matters mentality, those are the teams that are more successful. And it may not be the team that wins the national championship because we're always going to remember how we felt yeah. in the environment. And I think the the championships are the icing on the cake and i think that's the beauty of it and those are amazing moments and let's talk about your amazing moments so here we are now through this successful season you're walking towards the end of the season and here we go let's let's just let's just go there yeah i guess to where we need to start you tell us where the story needs to start you know it's one of those things we have lost um our conference championship um, we hosted for the first time. It's the first time we had ever gotten there. So it was a year full of firsts and um, historic firsts. And we lost. And it was a big, big wake-up call. Um, you know, Division Two is a regional model. So even if you lose and you don't win your conference tournament, you still have the potential of getting into NCAA. So, you know, because we took care of business all regular season, we were lucky enough to host NCAAs in our in the first rounds of the tournament. So just getting there and, and finally making it for the first time was just, it felt like a weight had lifted off of our shoulders. And now it was this time of the season where we had never experienced and it was all brand new and we're coming off this loss. And it's like, all right, we got just got to reset a little bit and find our confidence again and, and just like rely on what, what works for us. Like it was a hiccup and we still, you know, our end result was to get into NCAAs and, and we got there in the end, um, whether we won the conference championship or not. So that, that's like a one piece, you know, I think that really motivated us towards the end. And then, yeah, like once we got to the final four, we still dealt with, adversity while we were there you know um our game our semi-final game in the championship weekends was slated for a seven o'clock start and we didn't end up starting till 9 15 because there was a lightning delay and so what do you do with them for two hours in the locker room you know like there's there's no cell service in the locker room it's pouring rain they can't go outside and they sat down and played cards and we like i ended up sitting down and playing with them and it was just they were so loose. They were so loose. Um, and I don't think that's normal for a first time appearance in that kind of, on that kind of stage. <laughs> that's so awesome. That is, that's so awesome. I love that. And I think that, that that's a, 
that was a game time that right there could have been the decision, right? I don't know what yep. I'm curious to know what was going on in the other locker room. Well, we found out that they were like super high energy, dancing like crazy, you know, thought that they were going to walk all over us. And um, they kind of just ran out of energy at towards the end of the game. And it, and it was a long night. Like, I'm not saying they ran out of energy. They have a great team. But it was one of those things where um, they were really hyper. And we were just kind of like, all right, this is part of it. <laughs> yeah. No, God. The control of the emotions in a big game is such a crucial thing so you're in the final four here we go let's do it yeah um you know i think things that we kept at the forefront of what we were doing that whole weekend i made i made a decision to you know i had the kids all make videos for their parents just like extend gratitude right like it, it for us it wasn't just about lacrosse it was about everyone that was with us who had been part of this journey um you know i had alumni send videos of wishing good luck and congratulations and let's friggin go kind of stuff you know like just that is their, awesome right their excitement so awesome and their you know they were the ones who laid the foundation so i felt like that was important too and I kind of wanted them to feel like it was bigger than just them. And, the, you know, I, I said to them, we had our ring ceremony really recently. And I said to them, like, the thing I'll take away most about this team is like, we all felt like we were a part of something bigger than just ourselves. That's, it's such a, such an amazing thing. And you get them, I mean, there had to be, I mean, even just going into, you know, the whole time and the finals and, and making yourself you know, all the way to just get into that final whistle. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, there, there was just no doubt. Once we, yeah, the leaders just kind of took over our adrenaline kicked in and we just kept our foot on the gas pedal, the whole, those, those two back-to-back -back games. So that semifinal and then the championship game, we went up, 10 nothing in the first quarter and it was just you know like the other team hadn't even showed up and we were just on this whole other whole other level because we were just playing our style of lacrosse we were loose and in, having fun and playing unselfishly and um and really celebrating like every single goal every small play was celebrated and i can't even explain to you like <laughs> how loud it was on my sideline on the sideline it was just explosive it, explosive it was so loud it was the moment it was the yeah. it was like watching it in slow motion and yes that you you peaked right at the right time sometimes people do that early in the tournament you know they have a big blowout performance in the first round they beat the team by 10 goals and then the next game they turn around and it's a it's a nail biter. Um, and in your situation, here they are heading out and you, you made it to that moment where they were playing at their absolute best. And God, so many people have to be listening right now and being like, wait, well, how'd you do it? How, how did you, how did you, what would you say? What'd you say in the locker room at halftime? Um, keep our foot on the gas, right? Like that was the motto all season long. Don't be relentless. And, um, you know, one of the things I think 
we had learned with this group early on, my assistant and I, who we've been at pace together since the beginning, um, this whole season in 2023, we gave them a lot of autonomy, like you guys decide. And so we stopped going in to talk to them pre-games. Like we didn't have a a pre-game speech. They did it on their own and they kind of got themselves there in whatever way they needed to. And I don't even know what they did because I didn't need to know. Like I trusted them to get themselves ready and we'll see you on the field and and we'll be ready because I knew that they were prepared from all the practices and everything leading up. And halftime, you know, sometimes it was a refocus. Sometimes it was just, let's keep our foot on the gas pedal. Let's fine tune these things and really focus on what's important to our brand. And, um, but yeah, they, they were, they were fired up in the locker room. I I'll say like one of my captains had, I guess, read an article and I hadn't even seen it that said that, that somebody had predicted the score to only be, 15, 13 in favor of the other team. And we had, it was 15, three at halftime. And she was going off about, they only predicted us to score 13 goals. And here we are 15 at halftime. Like nobody thought we could do it, but us. And here we are. So let's just finish it off kind of thing. Oh, it's so awesome. It's kind of a, it's a story, right? That you'll, for you'll, for you're talking about more than anything. You haven't even mentioned the score lines really of any no. of the games up to this point. I find that so important for every single listener to hear right now. And, and I think it just goes back to that point of, Hey, it's, it's so important to create an environment where people feel worthy to be a part of it. It's so important to find that way. And obviously on this team, every single person doesn't play the same role. Every single person doesn't play every single minute. So I know that that is something that a lot of people deal with and working with a lot of coaches myself and being a coach myself. So how did you manage some of those, those emotions along the way to, to help continue? I mean, you've already given us so many tips and (laughs) so many things so far, but, you know, just thinking back on it a little bit more and thinking about making sure that, as you're going through and, and as you're going through this kind of like really important tournament, how are you making sure that people were just really enjoying themselves and, and feeling like they were part of the experience? I think two things. And I think one was like a team mentality. You know, when we had those big upsets early in the season and when we were beating teams the way we were early on, my mentality and, and my message to them, it was always on to the next. Like it, it was great you know, but we were never going to get too high and we were never going to get too low. It was just on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And we were just going to look at whatever was right in front of us, take that on, check that off the list and kind of move on. So that's the first thing. And I think that that mentality really kind of helped us keep everything one game at a time and never, never kind of take anything, um, never look too far ahead, I guess I should say. And then the other piece, we were just so connected, you know, spending so much time together. You know, we were, we ended up being on campus like an additional two weeks after school ended. And I told them like, especially the seniors, you're going to have to make sacrifices. It's graduation, you know, it's senior week, all these things that are, are really fun this time of year. The weather's nice. There's a lot of distractions that time of year. And, um, I said to them, like, these are the sacrifices you're going to have to make for the greater good and for the, for the bigger picture, but we're going to be there in May and and you need to know that. And everybody kind of just bought into that. Even the freshmen who 
you know, we had 12 freshmen, 13 freshmen at the time, and that's a lot. And they just kind of grasp on to the message and just bought into whatever the upperclassmen and, and we were kind of relaying and that was it. It was no looking back. And um, we, we foster um, a culture of communication and honesty and, and trust and, you know, vulnerability and all those things. And um, we talk about everything head on. So, you know, if they're feeling pressure, we're talking about it. If people are feeling undervalued, we're talking about it. You know, if um, whatever situation kind of arises, we're facing it head on. Oh, God, my notes. I have three pages so far. <laughs> this is incredible. I agree. I think the whole piece, too, of that honesty piece and that that those having those, I call them elephant in the room conversations. Um, talk a little bit about how you manage those. They're not easy. They're not easy. And and not every player on my team was necessarily happy with their role, right? But we talked about it. You can not be happy with your role, but still be happy for your teammate and still be happy for their success and still cheer on them. And you can still want more for yourself. And that's how you're unselfish. And that's how we kind of foster um you wanting more and you meeting your individual goals, but also still putting the betterment of the team first, because I'll say like towards the end of the season, we had some tough decisions to make positionally with just who we were going to go with in certain spots. And um, it's not easy. It's not easy when, you know, you're wanting to do one thing and, and your players might see it another and you just kind of have to trust your gut and, and say to, your players and and like you have to trust me or I hear what you're saying but I see it this way and I've had players come up to me good or bad and say listen I think we should go in this direction and sometimes I hear and will always hear them out um and sometimes I'm like no I, I don't see it this way we're gonna we're gonna do this instead and sometimes like all right well we'll try it you know that's where the autonomy piece and them having ownership of it I think is really played a big role because they're invested in it. They're invested in their success because I'm not giving them the answers. They're kind of having to figure it out on their own. Oh, solid gold. That is <laughs> solid gold right there. No, it's so true. And in any situation where I've been working with a team or working with a coach or, or working as a leadership consultant in those situations, those conversations are the ones that I, it's the first question that I ask, you know, oh, as they're talking about their team and they're talking about the players that kind of are, you know, let's call them energy vampires. Let's mm. call it what it is, you know, or the players that are just kind of uncertain, but had a higher expectation. Listen, athletes out there, we expect you to want to start. Like we're athletes, you're all you're college athletes. When you've been recruited to a team, we all expect to play. And if you didn't want to play, then you would be not doing your job on the team. And I think that that's, that's always so important um, throughout it all, because all of those pieces are interconnected. And when you talk about having those conversations, it's something that needs to be said, whether there is whether the the player it completely agrees or doesn't agree at all but at least you as the coach 
have sat down and said like, Hey, here is, here is, you know, the picture, here's the worst case scenario. Here's the best case scenario. Here's what you need somewhere in between. Like the job of the coach to be able to facilitate those conversations is an incredible challenge that I think people kind of overcomplicate just, Hey, here's where you are. Here's where I see you. What do you think about that? Or, mm-hmm. hey, here's where you are. Here's where you see you. Now go and do that work. And then we'll come back and we'll review in a in a week or two. Like, yeah. There's such that education piece to it that it goes on behind the scenes that people barely see. And I, I will say so, sometimes and rarely, but there are times where the best player is not playing because she's not the right fit chemistry wise. And that's really hard. And that's a really hard conversation to have. But we have them. And um yeah, it, it's not, that's one of the more difficult parts of the job is just having those tough conversations. But if they're really invested in the team, um, they're so good sports about it, right? And that's what we kind of saw last year is that everybody was kind of just embracing their role in whatever that was and whatever their capacity was and whatever their potential was. They were making the most of that and their opportunity, whatever that may have been at the time as well. Yeah. No, and and obviously none of this is done on an island. It takes a village, of course. And one thing we do on this show is we dedicate the show to somebody who's out there unlocking a limited potential and all whom they serve. And you have somebody you'd like to dedicate the show to. Yeah. So the player I spoke about earlier who lost her leg, who's a big part of our program, you know, she was out in Indianapolis when we won and and just a big part of who we are and what we do. And um, Courtney Paps, I would like to dedicate this to her. A shout out to being the inspiration behind the inspiration. hundred percent. And kind of like almost the beginning of of such uh, uh, an opportunity for you to see something in your team um, and in your leadership, probably that I imagine you didn't really know existed. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. A resiliency for sure. And shout out, shout out. And you just had the ring ceremony. Yes. So what an amazing thing for that. So I'm, I'm sure there was, you said that you had, you had a moment to say a few words, but I'm sure there was uh, probably hard to put all of that into words. But um, what, how was your ring ceremony? How was your first ring ceremony? <laughs> it was amazing. It was really nice. You know, the parents were all there and um, the players got really dressed up and took pictures with the trophy. and. Um, yeah, the unveiling of the rings was just amazing. And I think everything that they had hoped for and they just, you know, what a special group for them to be as grateful as they are for, for just an opportunity and the opportunity to play on the biggest stage. Absolutely. Coach, you have showered us with so (laughs) many golden tips here, so many pieces of knowledge, so many important things and i truly appreciate you getting on here and and walking through your story and reflecting along with me i i I really i learned an incredible amount i know that the listeners learned as well and i know that people are going to be sharing this like crazy because anytime you can have the opportunity to pick a the brain of someone who went the distance because In our careers of coaching, whether you're a professional coach or whether you're a college coach or a high school coach or whether you coach your AAU basketball team, whatever yeah. it is, there is a, a championship, which is nice to have. There is a championship that you, you, we all shoot for and we all start the season 
with the hopes of achieving that. And even though that we have discussed in numerous times that that is not necessarily the only thing that determines our success. Yeah. However, you've had the opportunity to make the, the trip all the way and to be able to make it to the big dance and to be able to finally put the ring on your finger <laughs> has to be such an incredible feeling. And, and you're not done yet. No, we have a whole other season ahead of us. I know you're not done. You got a lot more years of coaching in you too. I, I can see, and and I think that's what's also incredible. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And it, the journey was just even more fun than the win. You know, the journey with that team. Yeah. Well, we look forward to continuing to follow the Pace Women's Lacrosse team as they head out to defend the title. I'm excited to to follow because <laughs> I've already had the chance to to speak to the ladies and, and see all the amazing things that they're hoping for this year and, and continuing to, uh, to, is, is it, are we continuing the gas tank or are we on to something new? No, we are definitely on the gas tank still. Yeah. I they like love that. that. I yeah. like that. I do. I really like that. That's awesome. Well, you know, one thing I ask the, the people who come onto the show to do at the end to kind of recap is we've been talking about it this whole time and clearly you saw, a team unlock their unlimited potential. Mm. And so I just ask you to, to finish my sentence. So unlocking unlimited potential means. Celebrating every moment and just, yeah, not taking everything for granted, anything for granted and, and working hard. You know, when you when you finally win a national title, I mean, you must have a lot of gratitude for the experience yes. because every single coach doesn't get a chance to do that. And some coaches go their entire careers without even seeing a championship. Yeah. And for you to have that opportunity and, and for you to finally get to that moment and to see that happen, that has to be such an incredible experience. So I'm like so excited to, to see what happens with the team this year and wishing the girls the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. No problem. And to all the listeners out there, if you have not signed up for the something for you newsletter from brandonbeckedu.com, what are you waiting for? Free tips and helpful resources on the first and 15th of every month. All you have to do is head on over to the website and sign up. And I want to remind you all, as I always say at the end of every show, the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential, it begins with you. I hope that you continue to educate and live with passion and purpose. Have an amazing day, everybody.